Welcome to another episode with Jason. This time we have a really big person in my eyes. It's the mayor of Torrington, Connecticut, Mayor Carbone. And she's going to tell you more about her in one second. Go ahead, Mayor. So um, first off, thank you very much for giving me an opportunity to speak a little bit about the community that you and I both grew up in and loved tremendously. Uh, my name is Eleanor Carbone. I um, serve as a, uh, mayor of the city of Torrington since 2013 when I was first elected. Uh, before that, I was uh, on the city council for six years. And before that, I was on the board of education for four years. So, you know, there's 20 years of public service that has just been such an honor for me. Um, I'm I'm proud of what has been accomplished over these years and looking forward to what we can do in the future. Now, being big time in education, why is that? Would you say that's for the kids mainly or just for the upcoming generations? It's always about the kids, you know, and that is the upcoming generation. You know, when we talk about the important decisions, every community is judged on the quality of its education. So um, when I was first asked to run for the Board of Education, my husband was a school teacher at Torrington High School. Uh, I had uh, children in the school system at the time. Since that time, uh, all three of my children have gone into education. Um, it's, it's hugely important in our family. Um, and for all those reasons, I felt it was worth my time and energy um, to help you know, craft, what does education look like uh, for the next 25 years? Now, being big time in, into education, I have a family member, my grandmother, which some may know her as June Butts, some may know her as June Ziner. She started a program where she started tutoring kids and she got you involved with that. Can you tell us why you got involved and what a big program this is? I think anybody who knows June knows what a big heart June Ziner had as. So yeah, when she first came uh, to us to talk about developing this tutoring program, I think it was a little bit of a heartbreak for her to, um, to realize that so many young students um, were not reading at grade level. And that was setting them up for failure in so many other parts of their educational experience. You know, you have to be able to read, to be able to do math, to learn about social studies uh, and science. So she did. She pulled together a group of volunteers. She, um, she garnered um, great favor with the business community and they donated space for her to really bring back or bring forward, I should say, a, um, a robust tutoring program, working with students, making personal connections. It was more than just helping them to read, to, to learn to read. It was as much um, providing a human, you know, uh, human contact, you know, outside of the school and outside of their homes. So um, it was a tremendous program. And I would say all of those children benefited greatly. And something people don't realize, she didn't help out the kids. She helped out adults, too, that had a problem. Those parents of those kids that were less fortunate, she actually took them under, the, under her wings and helped them out, too. Yes. 
Yes, because adult literacy is still a problem in America. And uh, English as a second language is a hurdle. Those parents can't teach their children to read if they can't read in English. So, um, yeah, she did. She she was healing the whole um, child, you know, parents, child, siblings. Um, and it wasn't just reading, as they say. Uh, if there was a need for um, Christmas gifts, she was um, willing to do those drives, clothing. Uh, there were snacks. These kids came in. They were hungry. She made sure there was food for them. Yeah, it was um, a, a tremendous program. And something that people don't know either is she took a lot of that money out of her own budget, out of her own pay, and helped out. She bought the books. She did whatever she could do whenever people could not step up. If there wasn't the money in the budget, she took money out of her own pocket. Very generous woman. Very, very big heart. Another thing that Torrington has that I do want to touch on is kids play on Main Street. It's a place where kids can go and learn and play. If you want to touch on that a bit, Mayor. Yes. So when we talk about the genesis of kids play, um, I remember sitting in a room with uh, Ken Mers and um, Stephen Chris. Uh, it it those um, those very um, forward-thinking individuals um, that were really focused on um, uh, improving and building on what the Warner Theater was doing. And a children's museum really became quite a passion for them. So um, out of very modest beginnings, you know, cobbling together little bits of money, a little bit of a grant, and a lot of volunteers, they opened that um, as a pop-up across the street in a building that the Warner Theater owned. Uh, it was part, you know, costume shop, um, part storage and um, a scene construction site. Um, and it just took off. I, I think the adults loved it as much, if not more than the children. And when I walk into that um, museum now, I can't even fathom how far it has come in such a short period of time. I meet on a regular basis with the new director, uh, Eileen, and uh, she has so many great ideas. Her board is absolutely fabulous because they look at the sky as their limit and they just keep thinking of how they can push this wall out and build more exhibit space or create this partnership and um, and build new components that you know might be a permanent component or maybe a temporary exhibit um, it's it's remarkable and as I think of the last count when I was talking with them they get you know they get somewhere around 30,000 people that visit that museum on an annual basis is there an age range that could go to there is it mainly two to ten is yeah. there like an age range that will and I would say more? Yeah, I would absolutely say that, you know, that uh, two to 10, maybe two to 12, uh, there is a portion of the museum that has the STEM, you know, uh, activities that an older, you know, preteen um, child might enjoy. The reading nook, I don't care how old you are, who doesn't want to climb that, you know, that tree and, and sit in a tree house to read a book? 
Um, but uh, my own grandchildren are um, between the ages of four and 10. And uh, the 10-year-old enjoys going there as much as the four-year-old. Now, on Church Street in Torrington, which isn't that far from your office, there's a place called Carl Blazinski's Christmas Village. And it is totally a kid's fantasy. It is. It is. It's incredible. And it's open right now. And every time I um, leave the office to drive home, uh, there is a line of families, you know, that extends right to the corner of Memorial Drive. A lot of people don't know the name of that street. They think it's just a driveway. It's actually Street Memorial Street. Um, just waiting to see Santa and Mrs. Claus. Uh, yeah, Carl Brzezinski's Christmas Village, obviously named after um, a beloved um, park employee. 76 years ago, he had the idea of creating this opportunity to celebrate Christmas uh, in a way that brought joy to children and their parents. Uh, it was free. He wanted it to be free. He wanted children to be able to come and walk away with a bit of a gift. Um, so out of the um, former Alvord Park, it was a recreational park. I actually, um, in the summer months, um, went to that park where the summer park programs were run. At wintertime, it was transformed into uh, Santa's um, North Pole. And um, over the past 76 years, additions made. Mrs. Claus's cottage was the former elves workshop. They built a new workshop for the elves to be able to um, construct toys. It's still a joy for me to go there and see the reindeer and um, just experience the sights and sounds. It's one of those full senses experience. You know, it's the lights, it's the music, it's the smell of smoke from the um, wood burning fire out in front. Um, it's the hot chocolate, which always felt a little watered down to me, but didn't matter. It was the best hot chocolate, you know, you could ever uh, get. Um, so it hasn't changed. It really, the, the Parks and Rec Commission, the commissioners um, have com committed to all the original intentions of keeping this, you know, family friendly, non-commercialized come and see Santa, tell him what you wish for, um, and, you know, start your holidays off right. Now, I remember back in the day, they talk about watered-down hot chocolate. Mm -hmm. I remember them giving out chicken broth back in the day. Really? Oh, yes, that's going back almost 40 years. Yeah. And I remember some of the toys that are still around that have been there for years on years and there's also new toys now is there uh budget money in that or is that mostly donations how is that done to keep christmas village up so christmas village is a budgeted line item uh for uh the operational not the operational for the um infrastructure you know the um the reindeer pens the cottages um, those kinds of things are definitely budget, budgeted and taxpayer supported. 
But uh, for the past 76 years, the commissioners and, you know, you think about how many commissioners have been um, working to maintain the original intentions, the integrity of this, uh, do a tremendous amount of fundraising so that the toys that Santa is able to distribute to every girl and boy that comes to visit. Um, little things that might seem like a minor improvement, you know, a live tree in the courtyard, an extra reindeer during the season. Those are, for the most part, um, donations. And uh, it's been a little bit harder in more recent years since the pandemic. Those um, those fundraising opportunities, we called them toy drives in the past years. They were always held at the Yankee Peddler Inn lobby. They were hugely popular. People came down, they made their donation, the radio transmitted from the location. Uh, people then would be able to go down into the pub and have dinner and you know, share some Christmas cheer. When the Yankee Peddler Inn closed, they were displaced, trying to find another venue that gave the same vibe, attracted the same amount of attention, and the pandemic sort of crippled it. But uh, last Friday, we did attend the toy drive at the Elks Club. And it was wonderful to see the amount of people that came out. So uh, I think we may have found a new home for the toy drive and uh, would like to see that grow and more people become more aware that it's happening and participate. And I do want to touch on one more thing is it's open until Christmas, I believe the 23rd, the 24th, 24th. It and... is open till I believe one o'clock on Christmas Eve because Santa's got a job to do on Christmas Eve. So, and again, one big thing that has never changed is there's no charge to get in there and see Santa. That is correct. And it's been like that ever since it opened 76 years. Yes. Now, in Torrington, getting beyond the Christmas season, there's a lot of events people can go to in Torrington. There's car shows. There's Police Athletic League, PAL. There's a BMX track in Torrington. And all those things bring in people, and all those are good events that people should attend to. Is there anyone that you feel that is the bigger draw than those? The... Uh, I, the, you, you hit all the highlights and I, I'll be honest. It, I, it was this past summer, a year ago, this summer that I actually went to the BMX bike track to watch the, um, the cyclists, um, compete. And I was just blown away. What a fabulous, incredible facility that is. Um, now, here's a, here's a perfect example of how a little bit of property that the city may own that gets handed to an organization that can bring that to reality. They created the, um, the track. They created the um, stands. They created the, um, you know, the competitions and the leagues. And this attracts thousands of young and you know older young people that ride bikes competitively it's a challenging course 
I watched three-year-olds on that course. I watched 20-year-olds on that course. It is amazing. And these are very athletic individuals. So, um, so I love it when an organization can take advantage of city property and create their own program. There's very little cost to the taxpayers um, and yet a huge benefit to the taxpayers. So in that area, you've got the BMX bike track. You have a disc golf course, which I think is an undersold amenity uh, for anybody that doesn't know what disc golf is, it's essentially Frisbee and you're throwing a Frisbee into um, a, a chained uh, cage. Um, it's a trail. It's you're walking along a trail. The courses are fairly challenging. You've got to hike up a hill a little bit. There's a dog leg. You've got to, you know, navigate your disc through uh, 18 disc golf um baskets. So wow. this is a really huge opportunity for the community to take advantage of and to build leagues off of. Hasn't taken off quite yet. Soccer. We've got soccer games that are happening in that area all the time. There are picnic tables. So a great park that is getting a lot of use, but because it's located in a more remote area of the city, and there's a long driveway up into it. Not a lot of people are aware that it's there. Our downtown parks, you know, uh, aside from Christmas Village, Co Park, which is a uh, horticultural center, great, beautiful park. In the summertime, there are um, there are concerts on Tuesday nights and Friday nights. They're very well attended. My husband and I um, took my 86 year old mother to the um, the Troynton uh, Symphony Orchestra uh, under the stars in a beautiful park. It really just doesn't get any better than that. The Fusnish Park, we still see quality, you know, youth baseball programs there. And when those lights go on at night, I grew up watching every baseball game. And at the time, uh, football, Troynton High School football was played there. Um, that was a second home for so many of us. Uh, we'd like to see that expanded. We'd like to see more opportunities happen in that park. We still have sledding and ice skating um, at uh, what we call West Torrington. That's the Susan Charlene Bess Park on Riverside Avenue. Um, and uh, those are the little pocket parks that we have. Jigs Donahue. Uh, we have the Jackson Street Park. Bannon Street Park. We are trying to expand more adult recreational opportunities. Uh, pickleball courts will be coming uh, downtown Torrington at Fusnich Park. And we just installed two bocce courts so that we can start encouraging some bocce leagues to be playing. So recreation isn't just for children. You know, there's a demand for recreation for the kid in all of us. All right, so Mayor, I'm going to put this time on to you where you can ramble on about your next adventure, what you're really looking forward to doing in Torrington. If it's something that you already mentioned, or I want to hear the next big adventure that you are on. So, you know, we've I've spent the last 10 years focusing on making the improvements to so much of our infrastructure. Our roads were a mess when I took office. 
you know, for 30 years, there was very little money dedicated to roads. And every time the budget got cut, the road budget got cut first. So we've been able to pave over 33 miles of road in the city of Torrington over the last six years. Uh, I need to get more of that road work done. Midgen Avenue, High Street will be the focus next year. What we also learn in all of the planning for this is it isn't just building roads for automobiles anymore. Roads have to serve pedestrians, bicyclists, you know, somebody that wants to work on the walk on the trail. So um, more of that to happen over the next two years. Uh, the grants that we've applied for, it's really important for us to recognize that there is a very big demand for housing in the city of Torrington. We did the studies. We worked with the experts on identifying what housing stock is old and needs to be um, uh, invested in to make it healthy, eliminating asbestos, eliminating lead paint, uh, those types of um, healthy initiatives. Um, and uh, we were enlightened when we learned that there's a demand for over 200 new housing units for people to move in. And that housing does have to be affordable. It has to be something that a young professional who's just starting off in their career can afford to have, you know, a nice apartment, um, you know, early in their, you know, in their uh, career that transitions to home ownership, that transitions to a second, you know, your second line of investment. So a lot of work on those types of investments. Uh, we'd like to see a little more investment on cleaning up the underutilized former manufacturing sites to create a um, easier, cleaner um, technology opportunities, smaller. You know, the new technologies, they don't need hundreds of thousands of square feet. They need tens of thousands of square feet. So building to suit that demand is down the pipeline and um, looking at how exciting it is when the Naugatuck Railroad comes up a couple of times a week and um, lands at the former train depot, which is gone, but the platform is still there. Uh, looking at how we can beef that up a little bit and make that a better experience for anybody riding up on the train. Well, I want to thank you so much again. And we talked about a lot. We talked about the tutoring program, kids play, Christmas Village, Warner Theater events. If anybody in the town or out of town wants to get in contact with you, are you on Facebook at all? Are you on anything like that where they can hit you up and be like, hey, this is an idea? Yes. Yeah. So uh, social media is um, the office of the mayor, office of Mayor Eleanor Carbone is the Facebook page. The uh, There's an Instagram account that is tied to that. Uh, email, I'm always available by email. I don't do TikTok. Um, I, it's not to say that I wouldn't be interested in doing it. Um, it's, uh, it certainly hasn't um, fallen into my, um, my lap yet. But uh, Facebook is probably, and Instagram are probably the best ways to reach out to me. Well, I want to thank you so much for having time with me and it's been real fun. Thank you so much. 
You're very welcome. Again, again, this was Mayor Eleanor Carbone of Torrington, Connecticut, Litchfield County. Thank you.